your Bibles this morning to the book of Luke chapter 7. Where is God when you hurt? We're starting a series this morning on emotions. And, uh, you know, how's everybody doing this morning? All right. Springtime. Uh, pollen is in the air. In fact, uh, I've taken more allergy meds in the last three weeks than I have in uh, probably the last year. Uh, trying to just uh, keep my head above water and uh, uh, try to breathe during this crazy time. You know, when people ask you how you're doing, you know, uh, there's the textbook answer. Uh, everybody knows the word, it's fine, all right? So when people ask you, how you doing? And especially at church, everyone has the, the Sunday morning, I'm fine. They put a smile on their face and they're looking all happy and, and, and cheery. And then sometimes as you get to know a person, maybe it's a, a coworker that you work with on a daily basis, you can tell when things are not fine, all right? Am I, can I get a witness this morning? You can tell, and, and folks, that's what happens when you get to know people in church life. When you plug into a small group, we have lots of life groups launching this week, and, and a lot of times what happens is as you get to know people, as you get into their world, as your life intersects with theirs, you start seeing them in times when they are fine, times when they're excited, when they're happy. Uh, but you also see other emotions as well. You see them when they're sad, when they're struggling, when they're going through a deep valley or, or deep waters. And, and it's moments like that that the church of Jesus Christ ought to really shine. And, and, and we bear one another's burdens, as the scripture says, and help them through a difficult season of life, knowing that this too shall pass. When the scripture says, and it came to pass, I love that because you know what? It's not going to stay this way forever. You may be in a very difficult season of life this morning, and I want to tell you and encourage you, it will pass. There will be sunshine ahead at some point. There will be a moment you can look back on it, and you'll see the hand of God directing your steps through a difficult journey and difficult trial. And, and to know that God is right there with us, just as the three Hebrew children were in the fiery furnace in the Old Testament, and, and as they looked in there, they saw a fourth person, and it had the likeness of the Son of God. And folks, it's the power of God during these storms that really draw our faith out in ways that we never even knew it existed. Because folks, we're saying, God, I'm trusting you when things are good. But folks, we've got to learn to trust God when things are hard, when things are painful, when we don't know where else to turn. And this morning we're looking at where is God when you hurt? Where is God in the struggles of our lives? And how is it that, we, you know, in, in 2021, you ask someone how they're doing, you might not know, want to know their response. In fact, I'm just going to be straight up honest with you this morning. There's some people in our church, I don't often ask them how they're doing because I don't know that I want to hear the whole charade. I mean, every time it's drama, drama, drama. I'm, 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 being, I'm being funny, but I, some people, I mean, you ever met these kind of people? I mean, everything is always, it's bad and worse, you know? I lived in Florida for, during college and they had uh, two uh, seasons, hot and hotter, you know. And some people are, are, they're angry and angrier, you know. They, they've always got something they're mad about. Someone's hurt them, hurt their feelings. And we're not victims in this life, folks. We need to get past the victim mentality and start seeing that Jesus Christ loves us. He has a purpose and a plan for each of our lives. And it sometimes includes hurts. It sometimes includes 
pains? Do we wish that God would just totally wipe away all the pain and all the suffering? Absolutely. I'd be the first to say yes. Thank God. But folks, that's what makes heaven so much sweeter. And as we long for that day when we do uh, leave this earth, uh, those that have gone on before, I've done several funerals in the last few months, and I'm thinking, man, I'm ready to go. Anybody else? I mean, I'm ready to take a trip uh, on the, and be over there on the other side and not have to worry about all the struggles of this life. But folks, until that day comes, we're going to face emotions. I saw a post on social media, and it said, which one word best describes your emotional state? And in parentheses, it said no cuss words, all right? So what's the best way to describe your emotional state at this moment, all right? Some of us, maybe that changes by the hour. You know, uh, sometimes you, you can be really cheery one point in the day. And, uh, you know, I don't like to talk to a lot of people, believe it or not, before, you know, 10 o'clock. Because I want to kind of wake up. Uh, you know, my wife and I, usually when they're in that getting ready stage in the morning, we're not having this full-blown life conversations because neither one of us are, are morning people. Night people? Yeah, 10 o'clock at night, you want to have a conversation? I'll talk to you, all right? But early in the morning, I'm not a morning person, and I want to have some coffee in my system. But what word would describe your emotional state? And, and what, how would you answer that question? Some people said that uh, they were irritated, they were anxious, they were afraid, they were unsettled. Uh, and folks, the, the, rea- the reality is, is no one knows how to respond to people today. I mean, now we're all in that frame of, of mind. It's like, how do I approach someone? Babies, you felt that way coming back to church for the very first time. I mean, we're a hugging church. We like to hug. We, I, I love a hug. I mean, I, I, not in a freaky, weird way, but I, I like to hug someone. I like to give a handshake or a high five. And now you come up to people and it's like, I mean, how do we do this? I mean, I mean seriously, Zach, I mean, how do we do this? It's like, you know, <laughs> all right, this is how we do it. All right, but we go back for a long, we've been neighbors, we were neighbors for years, but sometimes now it's kind of like you're like, is it a fist bump? Uh, I usually take my cue from you. I mean, I'm like, if they want a handshake, I'm good. I've already been vaccinated. I'm good. I, I, I feel like, but you, now we're in that season of life, like you don't know how to even respond to people and people that you've been, fr- and now everybody's all masked up and, and you go and you're like, how are they actually doing? That's been one of the challenges since we've been back in person is I can't see your pearly whites. I don't know if all their teeth have rotted and fallen out of your face, or I, I'm pl- I, I don't know how people are actually doing. Are they happy behind those masks? Are they are they angry? Do they hate me? I mean, I mean, I don't even. We don't even know how to respond. I mean, in the last year, people have passed away. There's been many times. There's been no funeral. There's no visitation. You don't know how to respond to people. People get sick. Do I go over there and see them or respond and, and bring a meal? Do I, I, we've sent meals. We've sent gift cards. We've sent cards. It's, and, and this week I went and visited a couple in our church that are in, in bad shape physically. And, you know, and they were so happy to see me. But I, I had to call and make sure that it was okay for me to actually come into their house and, and that they were comfortable with it. it it's been a challenging year to say the least. And I'm not complaining. I'm saying the emotions that people are facing are very real today. The struggles, the things that they're dealing with, it's an awkward time. And 
you know, over the next few weeks, we're going to look at the theme of emotions. And I want us to look at it from a gospel-centered perspective, because if you look at our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, He displayed many different emotions in His time here on this earth, and God gave us emotions. And as we look at those emotions, I want to see how Christ used those emotions and and responded with with the gospel in in each of these areas. So I did a little research on emotions, and it said that Jesus uh, actually displayed 39 different emotions. I didn't even know that there were 39 emotions uh, until I became a student pastor. (laughs) And and you can uh, vouch for me, Jackson. I mean, mean, you get a bunch of teenagers in the room. I mean, especially those that are 11, 12, going into middle school. I mean, there's like, it's all over the map. I mean, I've got four kids. I'm telling you, on the best of days, our house is crazy, and we thrive off of crazy. But sometimes you're looking around, and you're like, man, that person's nuts. Probably are. We probably, I mean, all of us have a little, I mean, look at your family tree. I mean, the apple never falls far. So you go to this family reunions, you start looking around going, oh my, we are in trouble. I mean, we should probably never have children. I mean, look at a, look back uh, just a, a generation or so in our, in our families and you start laughing because we all know that crazy aunt, that crazy uncle, and you start looking around and you're like, man, my child acts just like my sister or my brother, or they're acting just like my mom or my, you know, the reason sometimes often people don't get along with their parents is because you're just like them. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. I mean, that, that temper, it doesn't go far from the tree, and, and you're just wired like in some like, keep moving, Pastor David, you're making me mad this morning, but when Jesus uh, experienced emotion. He expressed real emotions. And before he went to the, to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was anxious. There was anxiety as he says, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass for me. And I remember being in that very, uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane a couple years ago and, and just feeling an overwhelming desire or, or anxious feeling of this is where Jesus was wrestling with his father's plan. He knew it was the plan uh, for the ages. And, and, and Jer- Jesus looked over Jerusalem. He wept. Or, uh, we see periods where he re- re- wept or, or was sad over the, the rejection of the, of the Jewish people and how they, they, they missed out on, on God's plan. Last Sunday, we looked how Lazarus died. And, and, and Jesus knew he had the power to raise Lazarus from the dead. But He wept over the situation at hand, and it shows emotion in all of these situations. This morning, I invite you to look at Luke chapter 7. We're going to see another passage where Jesus displays emotion. Luke 7, verse 11 says, Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain. His disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the coffin, and the bearers stood still, and he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen amongst us, and God has visited his people. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, I don't know the, the struggles that people are facing, 
that maybe uh, the room is, is full this morning, Lord. Those that are watching online, those that may uh, tune in over the next few days or weeks, I don't know what they're facing, but Lord, you know. I pray your Holy Spirit would minister to us in this time of, of need. I pray your Holy Spirit would, would draw us into a rela closer relationship. Those that do not know you as Lord and Savior, you would draw them to yourself. Lord, those that are, are facing a deep, difficult battle or struggle this morning would understand that you love them. God, you, you're extending compassion towards us. And you don't want us to weep. You don't want us to, to, know, to be in this battle alone and to know that your Holy Spirit is there to bring comfort, to bring strength, to bring healing in our time of need. God, I pray for your power this morning to be on display. In your name we pray. Amen. Here we see a story of Jesus he expressed deep and sincere compassion toward this young lady who's a widow and now her son has died. And if you could just imagine for just a moment, Jesus is walking along and there's a funeral procession. Nowadays, uh, I, I love the country. I love being out in the country because if you're ever out in the country, and I'm saying not Wake County, all right? Outside of Wake County. In fact, you probably want to go two or three counties away. And you come across a funeral pro profe pro profession, procession, what happens? Everyone stops. You pull off to the side of the road, and there's a respect. You're shaking your head because you know I'm right. You know, there's a respect for the family. And, and in Raleigh, I, I'm telling you, I hope, I always hope it's never far from the, the service to the graveyard because if you're cutting across town, in fact, we're going out to, out by Briar Creek where my wife's grand, where my wife's grandparents are all buried. I'm thinking we're going to lose everybody in the whole uh, procession before we even get out of, uh, out of uh, South Raleigh. I mean, it's crazy. People dart off through the funeral procession. There's, there's no respect for the family, but Jesus is walking and there's a funeral procession happening and Jesus walks right up to the, the, the mother of, of this of child who's died. And you can imagine it looked different than what it would be today. There were professional mourners that would be hired. And, and uh, he walks up into this very emotional state. And it was, uh, we don't know all the details about the mother or even the child. The, the scripture doesn't give us all those details. She could have been a young lady, but she had lost her husband prior to this. And now she lost her son. So you can imagine the emotional state that she was in. Was, it was very raw, very real. And we, we don't know how old the boy was, if he was a child or, or possibly even a, a young adult. But uh, he, he's died, and it was most likely the day before because in those days they didn't have the embalming uh, practices that we, uh, the, thank God we've come across today and, and, and have, have developed. And, and in fact, uh, in... Um, it's much like a lot of things are in India today, in, in areas of India, as I've traveled there many times. When there's a funeral, when there's a death in the family today, even in, in 2021, everyone stops what they're doing and you go to the house or you go and prepare for the funeral because it's going to be within 24 hours they're going to have the funeral. And I remember being in India one day and there's all of this procession down the road and Hundreds of people, and Steve, I don't know if you saw any when we were there, but I mean, it's like a parade almost of sorts because 
everyone stops what they're doing and they go to the funeral. And so there are hundreds of people. The body is on display there. They use like a plexiglass type coffin. So you see the whole body laying there and they're carrying them on a board. So you can imagine Jesus is walking along and and they didn't use plexiglass, obviously, in those days. But he was like a board. And so the body was exposed. And Jesus comes up and he tells him to stop. And he reaches out and he touches the young man who had died. That was a no-no on so many levels. There was, everything was so crazy. But folks, what happens was Jesus saw a lady in distress. He saw a lady who was sorrowful, who was, was crying. You can imagine she had already lost her husband. She's a widow. Now she loses her only child. Emotionally, she was overwhelmed with grief. And at her deepest moment of pain, verse 13 says, when the Lord Jesus saw her, when he saw her, What's really interesting is there's 40 different references in the Gospels that Jesus saw someone. Now think about this for just a moment. I think it's interesting because sometimes you can look at something and not see something. Anybody else like this? I'm forever, my wife will say, will you get the, the milk out of the fridge? <laughs> I'll walk in there and I'll come back and like, I don't see the milk. Anybody else do this? Am I the only one? I mean, I'll write, I'll say, I can't find the milk. And she'll open it up and she says, if it gets any closer, it's going to bite you. I mean, it's right there in the middle on the front of the shelf. I'm not talking about crammed behind something. In our house, we don't do half gallons of anything. That wouldn't even last half of a meal. And, and so it's a full freaking gallon sitting right there on the front and you can't see it. When Jesus saw, he saw the lady. He saw who she was. He saw what she was dealing with. And she lost her son. We remember Jesus, when he was walking into Jericho, he looks up and sees Zacchaeus in a tree. And he paused. Here's, I've preached this passage many times. And he pauses and says, Zacchaeus, you come down. I'm going to your house. He goes into the city and she's blind Bartimaeus begging by the, the roadside. And he stops and he ministers to him. That's how Jesus works. He saw her in her condition, a single mom who lost her husband, who lost her son. In the middle of all this chaos, Jesus looks at her and he saw her. What emotion did Jesus feel when he saw someone in deep and profound pain? What Jesus felt is the very same thing that he feels for you when you're hurting. Think about it. What he felt for her was the very same thing that he felt or feels for you. When you're afraid, when your marriage is struggling, when you're struggling to pay your bills, when you're going through all types of crazy situations, a child who's made crazy decisions and you're praying, you're hoping, you're believing they're going to be okay. Jesus feels the same exact thing for you in your moment of crisis. Your moment of emotion. Jesus feels the very same thing for you when you're hurting that he did for this woman who is in immense pain. Jesus had compassion 
on her soul and on her life. When the Lord saw her, Scripture says in verse 13, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. There wasn't enough room even in, in his heart for all the compassion that he felt. In fact, his heart was overflowing with compassion. The Greek word, the root word here is translated compassion as splingna. The Lord saw her. He noticed her. He cared about her. And I don't know who needs to hear that this morning, but folks, the Lord sees you this morning. He has compassion on you and your certain situation that you're facing. You're thinking, no one else knows what I'm going through this morning. God does. And he cares. He has compassion toward your very need this morning. The truth is, very much like this, uh, it's, it's just that word fling that is talking about, they feel it from their guts, from their intestines. And there's no other stronger word in the Greek language to represent the depths of compassion that Jesus felt for here this lady who had lost her son. And one article that I read about it, it pictured, it says, imagine driving up on a car wreck and you're seeing all of the wreckage and the carnage and you have this feeling in the pit of your stomach, something is bad, wrong. Somebody, I'm just hoping they're okay. And you get a little bit closer and you see people out on the ground and they're administering. Kim, you've, you've been there. Daniel, you've been there in the past many times. And see, you're, you're trying to administer care to them. And you get a little closer and you recognize the vehicle. And you say, I know that person. And I'm just praying they're okay. And, and there's that sense of in your gut, you're just, you're hurting for them. That's what Jesus felt as he was ministering to her. He saw her in her need, and, and he saw her and, and, and showed compassion. Folks, this morning, he cares about you more than you could possibly ever imagine. He sees your pain. He sees your suffering. He sees the cries of your heart. He hears those when you're desperate. He knows when you can't catch your breath. He knows when your heart is pounding with anxiety. The Lord sees and he knows your pain. Aren't you thankful that that's the God we serve this morning? Aren't you thankful in the midst of our grief, in the midst of our, the greatest struggles of our lives, God is moved with compassion that his gut hurts. He, he's in agony over the fact that she's facing such horrible circumstances. He walks over to the coffin and he touched it. The people who are carrying the pallbearers, they stop, and he touched it. What's really interesting, the coffin is, I mentioned, it's more like a piece of wood, and the, the body's just laying there. And so it was a different time, different rules for all of those things. But folks, back in Jewish culture, Jewish times, they had 613 different rules or laws that they lived by. One of the top ones on the list, you don't touch a dead body because then you're ceremonial unclean. Are you tracking with me? You don't do that. I'll be honest, I, I, I've never been one to touch a, a, a dead body. I just never wanted to. I mean, uh, but I sometimes I'll see people and they'll be at a visitation and, and, and they'll, they'll start going in. I, I've never been one to do that. I, 
I'm not afraid of them, but I just, that's probably not my comfort level. But Jesus reached out and touched this young man's dead body. He crossed societal norms, lines, laws, regulations, all of those things. Jesus touched, when he touched the coffin, what he did was he crossed the line. And that's one of the things that is neat about Christ. The Pharisees were always trying to trip him up. They were always trying to get him in trouble. But Jesus was a line crosser. He was a rule breaker. In fact, every time religion would draw a line, Jesus would cross the line. So why is that? Jesus would cross the line because love crosses lines. Whatever line you feel right now is separating from you from God, Jesus comes to where we're at and extends his grace and his love and his mercy. And no one is too far gone from the power and the love of God who wants to cross lines to get to your heart and completely, radically transform your life. He does that. He sat down with publicans and sinners and harlots, the woman at the well. I mean, it was, she did not have a good reputation, folks. <laughs> uh, not at all. But those were the very people that Jesus would cross lines and rules and societal norms. He went to the outcast, the undertrodden, the other side of the track, so to speak. The ones that everyone else said, no, they, they would never... Those are the ones that Jesus loved. Those are the ones he ministered to. Those are the ones he died for. He crosses lines for those that he loves. And folks, he's a rule breaker. Not, break, not in sinful ways, no. But he did not allow that to hinder him from doing the job that his father sent him to accomplish. The tragedy is, if we're not careful as a church, we can be a a line drawer we're so I'm thankful I'm not like so and so and so and so Paul said you know what but but for the grace of God such were some of you before you came to faith in Christ you were just as wicked as they were and Jesus extended grace and mercy in your life I love that because that's the picture of, of God's love there's nothing that's too deep or too far or too wide that Jesus' love can't reach out. So he crossed religious norms with good intentions. Folks, sometimes we'll, we'll say, you know what? I don't think God could ever save and you fill in a blank. That's the very one he died to save. That's the very one he longs to redeem and transform their lives. And, and I think of Rahab and how in the world did she make it in the Hebrews in the Hall of Faith? <laughs> because God had a plan for her life. And God would use the woman at the well and go back and countless people came to faith in Christ because her life was redeemed and transformed by the power of God. You see what happens? That's what happens when, when people believe that we need the grace of Jesus. Folks, we ignore religious policies, religious norms. Jesus touched the coffin. He touches the boy. No rules or laws would keep Jesus from expressing the depth of his compassion that he feels for those who are hurting. 
he touched the boy, and imagine the crowd gasp. <gasps> the Pharisees were gasping a lot. <laughs> Let's just say they were inhaling. <gasps> I mean, every time they turned around, Jesus would do something, and they were trying to trip him up or, or get him to, to, to do something that was wrong. But he touched the boy, and folks, more incredibly, the boy then gasp. He takes a breath. Verse 15 says he starts talking. And, and think about it. Whatever feels dead in your life this morning, all you need is a touch from Jesus. Are you following me? It can, that thing could come back to life. Somebody here, that's what you need this morning. Somebody who's watching online, that's what you need this morning is a touch from Jesus. A touch from heaven. Folks, just one, one touch one touch from the giver of the author of life, the giver of life, brings dead things back to life. And I love that. I, I've watched lives that have been wrecked with sin and, and lives have been destroyed, been put back together. Many of you know the story of, of David and Aaron Jeffries. And uh, David interned here a number of years back when I was a student pastor. And they got married and were married for a number of years. And through circumstances... Of, of just life happening, they drifted apart and eventually divorced. They had two young girls, and they were divorced for, I want to say, seven, eight years. It was a number of years. Then I saw something. I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I started seeing that they were together in some photos, and they were, and God began to bring that family back after eight years of divorce. And over time, God took a, a couple that had given up on each other, given up on their marriage for whatever reason, and brought their marriage back and made it whole again. And they got married again. This time their, their two daughters were in the wedding, and it was a beautiful thing. And, and today they're serving. They served at Wake Christian as the, the, uh, uh, the chaplain, I guess, of the school and a middle school principal. And then now they're serving in a ministry in, in Lexington, North Carolina, and God is using them. They're going and speaking at couples conferences and events and saying, hey, there's hope. Even when you think there's no hope, God has a way of redeeming and restoring lives, and he brings life back to something. What did it take? It took a touch from God. My prayer this morning for those that are watching here in person, those that are watching online, would experience a touch from God and experience his compassion his love, his life that he offers so willingly for us. He took a breath and folks, imagine what it must have done for that mother to experience new life. Experience her son coming back to life. Somebody who came back to church for the first time. This morning you need a, a touch from God. He might use a song to bring about the reality is that Jesus Christ still loves me. It might be a, a verse that was read or a sermon that was preached or maybe it's the, the loving embrace of a, of a loved one or a friend. But whatever it is, God can use. I, I've been driving down the road before and a song would come on, a, on the radio and God would just bring me to tears as I realized how much he loved me. And 
how much he did in, in redeeming me and saving me and changing my life. And folks, it can be a verse of scripture in your devotions that God just uh, causes it to jump off the page. And Brian, over the years, all the years I've known him, he'll, he'll text me a verse from time to time. And it's something that's meant something to him. And, and it encouraged him. And he wanted to share it with me and, and encourage me. Folks, what happens is God, one touch from the Savior, will, can radically transform our lives. We see the goodness of God, the grace of God, crossing whatever barrier that you feel has separated you from God. Maybe you're here this morning and this last year has been completely overwhelming. But folks, you're watching and you're saying, I need a touch from God. Folks, He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly where you're at and He can reach out and make whole whatever situation that you're facing in this life. The Lord saw her. He cared for her. He touched her. One touch of a grieving widow. And folks, because moment before, uh, but she had absolutely nothing before this. And now she experienced the life-changing power of God and his compassion in her life. Just to have something to eat. Here's a lady who's a widow. It's considered a burden on her society. In fact, one of the funerals that I went to in Northeast India, they said, yeah, a hundred years ago, the husband died. They would throw his body in, in, and burn it after they did the, the, the service, but they would also throw his wife in as well and burn her body, even though she was still alive because she would be considered a burden on society. Talk about that gut-wrenching feeling in your stomach. I mean, I heard that. I was like, you got to be kidding me. That's what was happening in biblical times. A lady was considered, if she was widowed, and there was no way for her to take care. It's different times. We're not talking 2021. We're talking about a couple thousand years ago. And it was a, a, a outcast on society. A, it, was a, it was a bitter pill to swallow. But folks, here, Jesus Christ radically changed her circumstances by a touch from God. He brings them back to life. Jesus carries the boy to his mother who felt like she had no purpose left in this world. And Jesus restored that life. And folks, my prayer today is for that person that's watching this, listening today, that's anxious, that's feeling worried, that's feeling sad, feeling overwhelmed with grief, that's irritated or bitter, whatever it might be. One touch from God. And folks, if you'll just cry out to Him in prayer, He knows the struggles that you're facing. And folks, when we're facing difficult hurts, God is right there. We're never too far from His grace and His power. And folks, I'm praying that God would get a hold of your heart and allow you to experience that life-changing power in His life. Say, Pastor, what's the application? How are you doing today? How are you doing? I asked that at the very beginning of the message. If you could describe your emotional state in what word? What would it be? Settled or unsettled? Anxious? 
desperate, afraid, hopeless, fill in the blank. You see, what happens is, where is God when you hurt? He is as close as the mention of his name. The moment that you cry out to Jesus, he's already moving towards you as you speak, folks. Whatever line you feel has separated you from his goodness, he's willing to cross that line and to show you compassion, show you grace, show you mercy, show you an extra measure of his love that you cannot even begin to imagine the depths of God's love. He's a rule breaker. To show you that he notices he sees, he cares about you more than you could possibly ever imagine. When this widow's only son experienced the resurrection life, there was nothing that was dead that his compassion could not bring back. Church, it's time to get our hope back. All hope is not lost because 2021. All hope is not lost because you have zero in your checking account. All hope is not lost because you lost your job or because your marriage has gone awry. All hope is not lost. All we need is a touch from God and a power of His resurrection, folks. Last week we looked at how Lazarus was brought forth from the grave. We study about Jesus as he's brought forth from the grave. Now we see a young boy who's brought back from the grave. What is it in your life that you need a touch from God in order to experience his power? Maybe this morning you need to place your faith and trust in the one who can restore life. And you need eternal life. You need to experience that life-changing power of the gospel in your life. Jesus is willing to cross that line in order to extend that grace in your life. He wants you to experience eternal life. He wants you to experience life more abundant. He wants you to have the life that only God can offer you. He wants to radically change Heavenly Father, I pray this morning you would speak to hearts. All across the building this morning, maybe you're here and you say, Pastor David, I need a touch from God this morning. I need His compassion in my life. I need His love. I need His direction. I need a touch from God this morning. Would you lift your hand? No one else is looking around. Say, Pastor David, I need some prayer this morning. I see hands all across. But Pastor, pray for me. I need a touch from God this morning. Thank you, somebody else. Pastor David, thank you for your honesty. God, God knows your need. Amen. All across the building, people are raising their hands. Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? I need a touch from God. I see that hand. Somebody else said, Pastor, I see your hand. All across the building, thank you. Somebody else, Pastor, I need a touch from God this morning. Online, amen, I see your hand. Somebody else, Pastor, I need prayer this morning. I need a touch from God. Thank you, somebody else. Pastor David, as we pray just a moment, I need a touch from God. 
all across the building. Maybe you're watching online. Put your name in the, in the comments. I'll pray for you. I promise you I will. The reality is this morning is there's nothing in your life that's too far gone that His grace and love and compassion won't cross that line to meet you where you're at. This morning, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to experience new life. Can I invite you this morning, if you've never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, He is willing right now, right where you're seated, whether if you're watching online, you're here in person, Jesus Christ wants to radically transform your life. Would you not cry out to Him right now? Right now you can pray and receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and your Savior. Say, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm at the end of my rope. Jesus knows that. Why not give your heart and life to Him and allow Him to forgive you of your sin? The Word of God says He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're sitting in the room this morning. Let me invite you right now. I want to pray. And I want you to pray and place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He's going to reach across whatever line he has to this morning in order to change your life. Would you pray with me right now? Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I'm far from you right now. But God, I need your grace. I need your compassion. Lord, I need your mercy. The best way I know how I confess my sin to you. Lord, I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart. Make me clean. Make me right before you. And God, I, I need your strength this morning. I need your power. I need your help. I invite you to come in and change my life. No one else is looking around, but Maybe you're here this morning, you said, Pastor David, just a moment ago as you prayed, right where I'm sitting, I prayed and asked Jesus Christ to cross that line and to save my soul. Would you slip your hand up? No one else is looking around. Say, Pastor David, just a moment ago, I, I prayed and asked Jesus Christ to, to save my soul. Would you slip your hand up? No one else is looking. I want to pray for you this morning. Thank you. Somebody else. Pastor David, just a moment ago, I prayed and asked Jesus Christ give me my sin and save my soul. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, a third person. Somebody else say, Pastor Dave, just a moment ago, I prayed and accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Just slip it up very quickly. No one else is looking. Heavenly Father, at least three people acknowledged this morning that they prayed and received forgiveness of sin. God, that is a, that's a miracle. That's an awesome expression of your compassion and your love. Lord, I don't know how many people online that are watching that may have prayed and accepted Christ. And Lord, at least 20 or more people prayed or acknowledged earlier that they needed a touch from heaven today. They needed a touch from God. Lord, I pray for each and every one here, Lord, that have expressed that need for God to reach down and touch them in their life. God, would you show compassion in them? Lord, that, that gut-wrenching compassion displaying there that we talked about in Scripture, Lord, would you show that on their behalf? Could, would they experience your presence right now in a, in a fresh way of knowing, God, that 
you are sovereign, you're holy, you're just, you're on your throne, and there's nothing that they're facing right now that's caught you by surprise. Lord, would you meet them right where they're at, cross whatever line you have to to get there, and God, would you minister to their soul and give them courage and strength and help in their very moment of need right now. God, minister to their hearts. Those three that prayed to receive Christ as their Savior, God, we give you the glory for that. Would you encourage them in their new faith? And God, would you do a mighty work in our midst this morning? With heads bowed and eyes closed, let's stand.